everybody. This is Luke from Cinepub. Just starting you off a little PSA to make sure that you have everything you need before you start listening. Hopefully you have your headphones in and are ready to go. Great. You've got your beer, cocktail, water, whatever your drink of choice is. Perfect. That's it, guys. This listening business is way easy. Unless you're at work, in which case, put the beer away. Come on. At least wait till the boss goes back to his office and... Karen isn't looking over the cubicle making sure you're not watching TikToks or playing Among Us or whatever game the kids are playing on their phones these days. Make sure your TPS reports are done, and then let's get back to it. Cheers. What's up, everyone? The pub is open. I am your host, Luke, and welcome to another episode of the Cinepub Podcast. As always, I'm going to start the show off with a section of what I've been watching, veer off into a discussion of a beer or cocktail that I've chosen to pair with the main topic, which is going to have a little bit of a twist this time around, and then end with a full review of the featured movie, which tonight, in celebration of Christmas being right around the corner, is Happiest Season, the new Christmas rom-com streaming right now on Hulu. Joining me tonight once again is my lovely wife, Jen, who I've talked into sitting down with me since it's Christmas, and she absolutely loves Christmas movies. And it's not very often that she watches one that I'm willing to talk about once it's over. How do you feel about that? Good evening. Happy (laughs) to be here tonight. Do you really love Christmas movies? Yes, yes. Uh, Before we get there, as always, let's dig through what I've been watching, which lately hasn't really been a whole lot, unfortunately. I've been trying to prioritize stuff that might sneak into my top tens, but as of late, my indecisiveness has taken over, as well as just a lack of interest kicking in, which happens sometimes where I just kind of hit a wall and don't feel like watching much of anything out of fatigue. Same thing happens every once in a while with beer, too, although my... Wife would probably call bullshit on that because I spend a lot of money on beer every week. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit that I spend a lot of money on beer every week? You spend a lot of money on beer every week. Uh, anyway, so real quick on what I've been watching. Uh, I saw a movie uh, that's streaming right now on Netflix called His House. And this, as, uh, as of right now, has a perfect score of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is definitely impressive, but uh, my distaste for Rotten Tomatoes maybe hasn't emerged on the podcast yet, but ultimately it's a flawed way to judge a movie by how good it really is because of how uh, the website classifies things as rotten or fresh, uh, but let's just say it's inconsistent. I won't get into it now, uh, but I'm, and I'm not trying to take away from this movie being how well it's being received, 
without the backing on Rotten Tomatoes, this seems to be striking a chord with a lot of people. And in short, I think ultimately it's a good movie. I just didn't find that its horror elements are as effective to me uh, as they had been hyped to be. Uh, I do believe that its use of horror as a vehicle for telling this particular story works. And I do like the movie. I just don't really love it. I if you were to be scoring my lukewarm response to it, it would likely be fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, despite me having some misgivings about it, which I think is an important distinction before anyone tries to light me up as being the lone dissenter of this movie. I would recommend it, but just with the caveat that just because there's a such a strong push behind it doesn't mean that you should feel wrong for not fully vibing with it. And as I said, His House is streaming right now on Netflix. The only other movie I watched over the last couple days is uh, Sound of Metal, which actually might be something Jen might like, but I did watch this uh, without her the other day. Uh, and I don't really have a good track record for recommending stuff and making the assumption that she's going to like it anyway. But we'll see if she thinks it sounds like something she would want to watch here. Uh, this is an Amazon original about a heavy metal drummer named Ruben and is played by Riz Ahmed, who has to deal with the sudden and rapid loss of his hearing his girlfriend vocalist uh, Lou played by Olivia Cook heads back on the road while he moves into an isolated deaf community to basically learn how to be deaf and I think this movie is fantastic it's a very unique character study that's played wonderfully by Riz Ahmed as Ruben uh, who's a little rough around the edges being a recovering addict uh, faced with a terrifying life challenge and how that has an impact on his life I find it really moving and fascinating to to watch and the movie does a fantastic job of with sound to push across the immediacy and terrifying nature of losing one's hearing and it goes by using long stretches of silence or muffed sound to great effect i could definitely see this one making an oscar push but with such an odd year it's easy to see a lot of underdogs making their way to award season and uh the sound of metal is streaming right now on amazon prime does that Initially, I thought because it's it's about a heavy metal drummer, I didn't think that it would be something that you would think would appeal to you. But does that the idea that it's more about somebody trying to come to terms with being deaf sound a little bit more appealing to you? You know, I am the type of person who really needs to watch a trailer to see if I'm interested in it. So I can't just read or listen to a synopsis and be ready. You to don't watch, watch trailers when I send them to you, though. <laughs> I'm I usually, a terrible wife. What can I, I say? I didn't say that. I just said I don't I, like mo I don't like movies as much as you. I just like <laughs> the rom com here and there, the Hallmark Christmas movie. That's my jam. That's fine. I'm just saying when I do send you trailers, I usually get a what is this? Why did you send this to me? I'm not denying that. <laughs> I did not say that you're a bad wife for not liking movies or for not watching the trailers that I send you. So don't put words in my mouth. Uh, with with that, then I guess let's let's move on to the booze. And tonight, uh, I switched things up a little bit. I kind of called an audible, uh, and I asked uh, Jen to join me so that we could do something a little bit different. Where instead of choosing a beer or cocktail to pair with the episode, I decided to incorporate the podcast into our weekly date night, and had Jen pick out a bunch of beers for me to taste without knowing what they are. Uh, if you've seen the TikTok videos, your, your smile is weirding me out a little bit. If you've seen TikTok videos of people drinking from straws, 
sticking out of boxes, not being able to see what they're drinking. It's kind of in the same vein, but uh, I've modified I've modified it because I don't trust Jen to try to serve me like ranch dressing <laughs> or something in a in a glass. I've modified it to where it's more of a mystery tasting because uh, I have the beers all right in front of me here. Uh, where Jen, she's going to present me with some beer she's picked out, and I'm going to taste and see if I can figure out what it is. Uh, I feel like I have a decent grasp on the beers that are available to us in our neck of the woods, so most of this is just going to be, uh, we're going to test out to see how much I really know about the beers that we can get around here, and if I've had them or not, or if I can, and if I can be Nostradamus or however you want to say that I can figure it out even if I haven't had it before, if I can figure out like if it tastes like a specific brewery or not. Uh, so I have in front of me right now, I have five beers. We're just going to go one through five. Uh, and you can tell me if you've seen somebody taste the beers as I'm about to taste them because I, I, I found that it's easy for me to, I'll kind of take a little bit of a sip and then see if I can kind of gauge some of the flavors off of that and then usually... Sometimes I will just swig a whole bunch of it back because I feel like sometimes taking in more of a drink gives you more of a flavor profile. Have you ever seen something like that? Have you seen me do it? Yes. <laughs> of course I have. Oh, you've just seen me chug beer when I don't like it. Well, I've seen I, you I, taste it. This first, <laughs> this first one, it's it's very clear. It's I can pretty well see through it. I can see Jen giving me her, her smile upside down. This is a beer you have not had. According to Untapped, you have not had it. I have not had this one. I don't really smell anything. It was from the mix and match. Off of it. Is, are we gonna are we gonna talk about that I gave you a direction to go pick out beer and then you kind of just went crazy at the store? Yeah, I did go a little bit crazy. I don't have the freedom to pick out his beer often, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, I just I took a little sip out of that one. I'm not sure what to think of it i i feel like i'm getting a little bit of peach it kind of looks like wine to me it's not it's not it's it's been sitting out here for a little bit so it's it's a little it's not warm by any means but it's definitely not ice cold i feel like i'm getting peach i'm looking at you to gauge your reaction to see if i'm on the right chat or well, on the right track well, here's the thing I forgot what beer it was so uh, well, i probably should go get the can yes you're supposed to keep track of this for me so to see if I'm right or not, I'm not even really sure what category I'd put this in. I would say it's probably a little bit like a Kolsch, maybe a Kolsch, uh, just because it's a little watery. There's not really a whole lot to it. There's not. It's it's kind of, and it's not really like a a crackery Kolsch. It just kind of tastes like a, a flavored Kolsch. And I, I I'm just gonna go. You kind of spoiled it for me before because you said there's no can. So the the beer the beer and brewery I was gonna say it can't it can't be because they do theirs all in bottles. It is a can, and on according to the can, it's not peach. So it's interesting that you taste peach. Uh, what would you what rating would you give that? I'm I'm sitting if so untapped. So, so let's go and get into my untapped brain because. I, I've always been of the mind where I feel like ratings are a little bit arbitrary, but untapped, like for whatever reason, it just brings out the worst in me. When I don't like something, I get kind of salty when I rate something on there, but I think I'm somewhere around like a 325, 35. Okay. Uh, 
I think it's. Am I am I on the right track of it being a Kolsch? It is a Kolsch. Oh yeah. So I I'm not completely stupid. I can't I can't pinpoint the brewery. I thought it was going to be from Millstream. Uh, that's and I'm looking at it right now. It's definitely not what I thought it was going to be. This is so. This is Strawberry Sky from Breckenridge Brewery out of uh, Colorado. I I don't think that I would have pe- pegged that as strawberry. It tasted very peachy to me. That's interesting. And even after the fact, now that I know that it's strawberry, like my brain wants to taste strawberry, but I don't. I still don't think that I taste strawberry in that. That's good to know. It's interesting. There you go. I was close. Okay. The funny thing about all these is that we're pouring these into little tasters, so I'm going to have to end up drinking the rest of all of these at some point. So we'll see how I feel at the end of the night here. So we're moving on to number two, which I'm almost positive is going to be probably a New England IPA by the looks of it. it smells like an IPA. It's not. It doesn't have a strong aroma to it, but it's. It definitely. I. I just. Off the little subtle uh, fruit and hop character I get off the top of it, I definitely smell, it definitely smells like an IPA. Oh boy, it's definitely an IPA. Uh, And it's definitely an old IPA. Is it old? Okay. It tastes very old. It tastes like this one's been sitting on that mix and match match shelf for a while. If this is one of the mix and match. It's not a mix and match. Oh, that's a problem. It is dated, it was packaged 10 to 20. So it's only two months oh, old. Oh, so it's not it's not very old. So that makes me think it's probably one of the breweries that I don't like very much. It's had a high rating on Untapped, but I've never heard of this brewery before. But it intrigued me because it has a couple flavors in it that I thought that you would like. Okay, so. <clears throat> Knowing that I, I, I peruse the beer aisle at our, one of our local stores very often, I, I, I have a feeling I know what this might be based off the fact that it tastes old, but it's not old, which to me means that this is going to be extremely boozy. It's a New England IPA, so the fact that it tastes old and it's fairly bitter says it's probably a triple IPA. And so my guess is going to be that it's the white chocolate ice cream from Omnipolo. Oh, and there you go. Icy, creamy, white chocolate mango from Omnipolo. That is, that's exactly the one that I was thinking it was going to be, wouldn't you? And it is a triple IPA. <clears throat> Brewed with c- c- cocoa nibs, white, nibs. white chocolate, mango, and lactose sugar. Yeah, so... So this is a no. The... F- no, it's not. It's I wouldn't knowing what I know now that it's a triple IPA and it's not old. It makes a little bit more sense just because I, I was going into it thinking that it's just an IPA, and when I'm just hit with a big, it old IPAs tend to taste a little bit more boozy to me, and with triple IPAs, it's just that the there's so many, it's so much ingredients that goes into it. It it amps up the booze. It I've I've yet to have a triple IPA that doesn't have the bitterness of, especially with a New England IPA. All even triple and double New England IPAs sometimes come off a little bit too boozy for me, and I think that's where it hit me. Is just that it's very boozy. It's not bad by any means. I don't know that I get white chocolate out of it. Is this one that you've ever thought about picking up? 
I have thought about picking this one up, but tri- the triple IPA thing always kind of scared me away. So this is what happens when it's I go into the store. Now that I've been sitting here drinking a little bit, the booze is kind of going away a little bit. It still doesn't smell very good. You know, it doesn't smell great. It kind of has a little funk a little, to it. It I, might be the chocolate. I just kind of get the um, I just kind of get booze off the top of it. I, it. I just get kind of a burn in my nose. And now that we, the second beer that I tried is like a what is that like a twelve percent triple IPA. <laughs> I don't know what the percent is because I'm not one who ever looks at percents. I have to finish that later, so it's going to be a good night for both of us. <laughs> Uh, we're going to move on to number three, and now I'm scared since you thought number uh, 13% triple IPA was a good one to go with a number two. No one said I know how to number the th- beers. It's, it's a good thing we have a bunch of food around because I'm definitely going to need something to cleanse my palate here in a minute because... Well, after beer five, you're going to need something to cleanse your this, palate. We're moving on to number three, and this is also definitely probably a New England IPA based off the looks of it. New England IPAs definitely kind of give the give themselves away. Well done ones do anyway, just because they're definitely a lot more hazy. I've seen New England IPA people classify New England IPA with it being uh, more clear, but they still call it. But not that they're bad. They usually still have that soft mouth feel. But I'm gonna be interested if you get this one. I actually really like this one. It's definitely it doesn't hit. It doesn't shock me as much as the last one did when I first tried it. I definitely still don't get a whole lot off the the smell of this one. You know, I was shocked because the brewery that makes this one normally has makes a really good smelling IPA. Mm. Am I allowed to ask for hints? I guess we make the rules in this, so I should be allowed to ask for hints, right? Yeah. Is it a local brewery? No. Not local to Nebraska. Well, that that's a that's an important distinction. I I'm I'm definitely a little stumped on this one. I'm kind of shocked you're not getting this, and I think that you're not getting it. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna kick myself once you tell I me what it is. I think that you're not getting it because you don't think I bought it. Is that, so does this mean that this is one that I that I bought and it's been sitting in my fridge? Nope. I bought it. Oh okay. All the beers you're trying right now, I I, I kind of want to say that it's Toppling Goliath, but I'm not sure. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the rails here and guess that maybe you might have shocked me and picked up Fire Skulls and Money from Toppling Goliath without telling me. That is correct. <laughs> so th- this is a little bit of it's a little bit of me. Uh, I'm glad I didn't buy this when i went to the store after the fact too yeah because... <laughs> i'm glad i didn't give it away when you got home and said you almost bought i uh because more more than more often than not it's it's i'm usually the one obviously that buys my own beer so i didn't really know what to expect sending you to the store to pick up my beer so i think more of guessing these is going to be gauging uh how much i know you and how much i know my beer i guess <laughs> I will gladly finish the rest of that one later, so. I will gladly finish all of them, to be honest with you, because I don't really ever turn beer away. We know you don't. We'll see what happens with this uh, this number five that you're so scared that Do I'm not going to Do you want to have a pretzel or something? Before this one? Sure. Hit me up with a pretzel. So, this next beer is 
has a really nice smell to it, I think. It's made by a brewery that I don't think that you like very much normally. But the name of the beer stuck out to me. I actually think it smells really good. It <clears throat> smells really good. It's very chocolatey. Like I almost tried it. But you know how I am about stouts. I do know how you are about stouts. This does smell really good. I'm just sitting here smelling it because I'm, I'm trying to prepare my brain for... Or I'm just, I might just be stalling to try to figure out if I can read your reaction and what you might have bought that I wouldn't normally buy. It doesn't, it doesn't taste as good as it smells. It's, it's a little, um, it doesn't punch you in the face with anything like flavor wise right off the bat. I get like a little bit of coffee, a little bit of chocolate, but not as much chocolate as you get in the smell. I'm, See, and now, and now I'm getting more coffee in the smell too. So, and it's a brewery that I honestly, Ooh, I don't coffee. think that you normally like it. And what's interesting is, is you're tasting coffee. And that has nothing to do with well, stouts, the flavor. Stouts do typically give off a little bit more. And depending on what their flavor profiles are, there's usually it's quite a bit of coffee. It's not a stout. Oh, it's not a stout. It's definitely not. Like, I look around the glass, I definitely see some, like, uh, like reddish highlights and stuff. So I don't... It, I, I'm hesitant. I don't know if it's a porter. I don't know if it's a brown ale. Because they kind of both can sometimes look and taste a little bit like stouts. I'm drawing a blank on this one. I don't I can't even gauge I I there's so there's a lot of breweries that we get here that I wouldn't normally buy, so I can't even really gauge your reaction in that way. And there's not really enough flavor wise or anything for me to pull out like And I don't even know if this is something that I they've seen before. It's just I was at the register, it was there and I said, "Oh yeah, I think he would like this." Sorry, I picked uh, I'm throwing the white flag on that one. I, I can't figure out what that one is. Oh, pecan pie porter from Clown Shoes. The weird and the weird thing about Clown Shoes, I, I've actually had pecan pie the pecan pie porter before. Really? Uh, a long time ago. It, I don't know if they have if I checked into like a variant of it that is discontinued and. I did not scan the spear <clears> to find out if you checked into it earlier. Uh, so the the thing about Clown Shoes is. I don't think they make bad beers. They're just their their flavor profiles that they're going for. I just don't think come across very well. Like that's not a bad beer by any means. What I want from pecan, like I don't like I was sitting there tasting that. I don't. I never said anything about pecans. I never said anything about it having like a gram, like a cr like a crackery or crusty like thing to it. Uh, it just kind of so now that I know that it's porter, it just it tastes like a fairly standard porter. Not that that's bad by any means. But when you sell something as a pecan pie porter, you definitely want to, like, pecan pie is literally one of my favorite things in the entire world. That's why it intrigued me. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, like, I'm going to drink more of this later. We'll see what happens to if, if once it warms up a little bit, and I'll, I'll try it again later. We'll see if I like it then. Uh, so that's going to bring us to your dreaded number five. I'm going to ask you not to smell this before you try so I have to, it. So I have to hold my breath before I taste this one? Yeah, because you're going to know exactly what it is if you smell it. Oh, looking at it, I feel like I already know what it is then. What is your thought? I'm not going to say anything. What is your thought? Just because you told me not to smell it and that I'm going to know exactly what it is makes me think it's uh, one of the vanilla bean blondes from Infusion. Try it. Oh, I almost smelled it. 
Plug your nose. Oh, dear God. <laughs> it is definitely not the Vanilla Bean Blonde. It no. is a, it's definitely a pepper beer. It's a pepper beer. I'm trying to think, like, you wouldn't normally pick up a pepper beer for me. And so that makes, so I'm not even, I'm not going to drag this out. I think it's Cross Strains Hot as Hellas. It's not. Oh, I'm wrong then. I know it's a pepper beer. I don't know which, I, I, it's going to be a lot. Oh, oh yeah. So now that I know what it is, I'm still going to talk about it here for a minute before I say what it is. Just because I couldn't think of another, I, I couldn't for the life of me think of another pepper beer that I thought that you would have bought for me. And the funny thing is, is I had this on tap years ago and I, it was, it was outstanding. I thought I loved it. Is it not as good in the can? Uh, I'm gonna so just because I wasn't I, I had my mind prepped for vanilla bean blonde and I got a pepper beer so I was I'm trying to bring myself down to earth a little bit so this is uh, Brickway's Brickway Brewing Company's jalapeno or jalapeno pilsner jalapeno Hala, oh, sorry jalapeno pineapple pilsner it's not bad like it's not it's not really hot you just you can smell pepper oh big time pepper yeah. big big time jalapeno on the nose uh. It's not hot. It's I don't get a whole lot of pineapple out of it. I mean, not right now anyway. I mean, it's got sweetness to it. It's definitely you can taste the jalapeno. You can taste sweetness. Uh, it'd be I I would have been hard pressed to call it like I would I would have never guessed Pilsner on it. I know hot as uh, hot as Hellas from uh, Cross Drain is just their Hellas uh, Hellas Creek with you know habaneros and jalapenos in it. I think so. I mean, it's. Pepper is hard for me to distinguish because I don't eat a lot of peppers, <laughs> but I can usually taste jalapeno. I definitely probably would have got jalapeno out of this before I knew what it was. But if you would have smelled it, you wouldn't have known. Oh yeah, right away. You can smell jalapeno. That's literally all you can smell off the top of this thing. Yeah, is jalapeno. <laughs> that's why I moved it because that's all I could smell sitting here. So the funny thing is, is that I I do I I don't mind this. Like I could drink this. It's not hot. It's not. I mean, I wouldn't call it refreshing, really. But it's something that I can drink. I probably couldn't drink more than one of them in a row. Do you think that this would be more of a summer beer for you that you would drink when it's hot outside? I could. I would probably rather drink this in the summer, which is weird because it's a hollow. It's a. It's a. It's a jalapeno beer. So. Uh. Like, you wouldn't think that you would want to drink that in the, the middle of summer. But the sweetness and the fact that it's a it's a pretty light Pilsner. It's only 4.8% alcohol by volume. So it is something that could probably be, be pretty easy to drink in the winter. So you were worried about that one. And I actually, I like the, I, I like the beer in general. Well, <clears throat> I know you checked into it. Yeah. I know that you've had I gave it. it a pretty good rating too, yeah. didn't I? And you gave it a good rating. I had it picked out and then... Decided to check untapped and saw that you had checked into that before. Did you buy a whole four or a whole six pack of this, or was this in the mix and match? It was mix and match. Okay, I'm kind of glad about that because I don't know if I'm ready to drink a whole bunch of these as the weather starts to get colder. No, it's in the mix and match. Well, that's that's five of them so far, and i I think we I think we have enough of these to go around because, like I said, Jen went a little crazy at the store. After I uh, gave her the direction to go pick out some beers for me. Uh, so as I understand it, uh, we can probably co come back and do a couple more rounds of these. So why don't we just go ahead and transition into our discussion of happiest season. And we'll take a little break. I just woke up thinking about going home with you and got very excited about Christmas. I get to go meet the people that made my favorite person. I'll always take December away. 
summer. Abby, you and Harper have a perfect relationship. She is my person, and I really want everyone to know that. I want to marry her. What are you doing on your phone? I left a gentleman alone in my apartment, so I'm tracking him to make sure he leaves. You're tracking him? Yeah, I track everybody. If the NSA can do it, so can I. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm finally going to meet everyone. There's something that we should talk about. I didn't tell my parents I'm gay. So who do they think I am? This is Harper's orphan friend, Abby. Yes, of course. Who there? You're so brave. <laughs> you don't need to be. I cannot believe I've got all my daughters under one roof. So her parents believe their straight daughter brought home her lesbian friend for Christmas? Not exactly. They also think that I'm straight. Have they ever met a lesbian? And we're back. That was from the trailer of Happiest Season, which is Hulu's new Christmas rom-com directed by Clea Duvall, who co-wrote the script with Mary Holland and stars Kristen Stewart as Abby and Mackenzie Davis as Harper as a gay couple enjoying life together when Harper, on a whim, invites Abby to her friend's Christmas event, even though... Uh, her, her Christmas event with her family, even though Abby hates the holidays and to make matters worse and route Harper drops the bomb that her parents not only don't know that the two are in a relationship, but they don't know that either one of them are gay. And that sets up a folly of weekend hijinks that makes Abby question whether or not she knows who Harper really is and if she can be in a relationship with someone who will not accept who they are. That is, you're the face that you're making. <laughs> if I if I could have only gotten a picture of that to put up with this, you look like you're about to fall asleep. Did you find it distracting at all that one of the main characters is also one of our daughter's names? No, honestly, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I don't know why, but like I didn't. It's not that I was projecting like our like our daughter's future onto this or anything, but like I kept like hearing the name Harper, and I'm like. Oh, I wonder what Harper's doing. Oh, she's sleeping because we're watching this movie and she's in bed. Uh, that was just—it was just a random thing that I—that I was curious if that's something that you picked up on throughout the movie, if, if like it distracted you that a main character in this movie had the same name as our daughter. No, and I don't even think. Do we even discuss that that evening? No, I neither I one mean, of neither one of us brought it up like I mean, after the fact. Honestly, I do, did not even connect that together. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Happiest Season overall, or do you want me to go first? Well, you know, what was weird for me was, is... I brought this up. I brought this up to you to watch. I don't think this was ever even on your radar until I brought it up. No, you brought it up. And for me, being a Twilight fan years ago... That's going to come up at some point, too. Um, It was interesting for me to see... Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart in a different role. And she uh, you've had probably the short seen, hair. You've and... probably seen her and stuff since then, though. But, you, but like, it's, she's automatically just known as the girl from Twilight, I think, for the rest yeah. of her life. But uh, I, I do have something that I want to talk about with her, like, later on. But I, I like, uh, too, I've seen her in a, probably a lot more things since uh, Twilight than you probably have. But I know that... You don't watch nearly as many movies as me, and so you probably haven't seen her in a whole lot else. Because, like, big budget-wise, I don't know that she's been in a whole bunch of things that you that would have probably been something you would have been interested in. No, I, I don't know that I have seen her in, 
much since Twilight. And obviously Twilight was years ago. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like her in Twilight as much. Uh, I, I don't think anybody really liked um, her in Twilight. Because she's so bland she, and yeah. she's so uh, like... I, but I think that's the point of her character in Twilight is she's supposed to be this character that people don't understand what... And I, I can't believe I'm sitting here uh, talking about Twilight at this point. But he's she's supposed to be this character. And I've never even read the books, but I feel like I'm right on the money here. That she's supposed to be this character that nobody can understand why Edward would see anything in her. She's just this vanilla toast. Like, nobody sees anything in this character because she's so bland and boring. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that you're wrong in that and obviously it's been a long time since I've watched a Twilight movie or read a Twilight book so I'm not going to comment on that any further (laughs) but for me I I did like the movie I think that it really hit on struggles that that LGBTQ plus community goes through on a daily basis Um, plus plus it also kind of dives into just the awkwardness of holidays in general plus a relationship a fairly like young relationship like having to be introduced to that family and that that being part of the lgbtq kind of introduces an extra layer that uh also is something that i was going to bring up at some point that obviously neither one of us have ever experienced uh from that perspective so i i that was some that's always something that kind of intrigues me about something like this yeah, I mean, we started dating around the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, the year we started dating. But I do feel like we both met our families before going to a big holiday excursion. And neither one of our families is similar to Harper's family and that the dad is in a political yeah. role and they have... The mom Lots is kind of, of that, the mom's kind of that debutante, like controlling, like everything has to be so elegant and and just perfect. everything being perfect. Um, and so, I I don't know that we can fully relate to that, but I do think that we can relate to just the awkwardness of when you're introduced to a family mm-hmm. and being put in a situation like that. And I mean, it's so hard for me to remember what. It was probably 2004 when we started dating. So, I mean, that was a good 16 years ago. So, it's really hard for me to recall back to that long ago. But I think everybody can relate to the awkwardness of family holidays in general. Even if, like, you've been in a relationship for a really long time where, as you said, we've been in a relationship for a very long time. I feel like family get-togethers still have awkwardness to them uh rather it's revolving around people you haven't talked to for very like in a long time or just people you don't really get along with even uh and what it's like and that this movie kind of touches on all of those things plus it tackles it from the lgbtq uh perspective where you know harper is in a contentious relationship with her sister because they've been competing for so long uh trying to be their dad's favorite and uh you know there's that whole plot line and then there's the other sister and I've, I'm forgetting her name right off the top of my head, uh, who's basically looked at as the embarrassing one who 
just they 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 would rather pretend that she's just not around most of the time because she's so excited about everything. She's so it's, like her character I thought was really interesting because I think everybody knows a person like that that is just so excitable and just wants to be a part of everything and everybody just kind of snickers and like rolls their eyes at behind like when they're not looking where they're just like so embarrassed by them because they're so excitable and just want to be a part of everything uh and this movie i think does a really good it does a really good job of wrapping something like that up where people see that their things the things that they roll their eyes about about her like they don't go unnoticed like she notices and feels the things that people think about her but she is still who she is and knows that people should accept her for who she is and that's what i think this movie is all about is becoming a, accepting of self and i and i think that's what a lot of lgbtq uh romantic comedies or just romantic movies in general deal with a lot is just that the balance of what it's like to come out to the people you care about and accepting who you are yeah and i think the sisters the other sister's name was jane yes i believe it was jane and I really did like her character a lot as well because she was uppity. She was positive. She didn't care what people thought of her. She was just she was writing loving a, life. She was writing a fantasy novel, like she an was. epic fantasy novel. And it was interesting at the end because she got a huge deal on it. She kept talking the whole movie about how she was going to, you know, make all this money for the family and all which, of this. Which ties and into... And none of them believed her. And then at the end... Which ties into Kristen Stewart's character's best friend. Uh, I forget his name too, but he's played by uh, Dan Levy, uh, who he was the gay friend that steps uh-huh. that he she calls all the time, uh, and he is he's a he's a basically like a pub I, I assume maybe like a publicist or a manager for writers, and he be, it eventually becomes her manager. Uh, I guess spoiler alert for for all for happiest season. But yeah, I think I I actually I enjoyed this movie a lot too. I think more enjoyed it for the con because like, I we talked about this in the Palm Springs episode. I I I like conflict in movies. I like movies where people are butting heads and having issues with each other and emotions are coming out. That is a thing that I find fascinating because I think it's a thing that a lot of people in our society today don't deal with a lot they don't deal with their emotions a lot and they don't they aren't forthright with their feelings all the time and that's something that i that's one of the reasons why i love seeing it in movies is because people just don't do this enough in our society i feel like and this is all this is all a personal feeling for me like it's it's all just something that i feel like i don't see very often therefore i like seeing it in my art i like seeing it in movies i i i just i crave that sort of thing and I, I've, I completely lost my train of thought with that. But I thought that the um, like the humor and some of those aspects I thought were a little bit more predictable. I didn't think it, it took a while to get going for me where I thought some of the humor and stuff was a little bit lazy at times uh, or just almost a little bit too like it's it was almost some of the humor is almost a little bit too weird for what they were going for like it seems more like they were wanting it to be a drama but they have like kind of like a dramedy to a certain extent but they it almost came off a little bit slapstick at times especially when you get into that fine that one of the, the one of the confrontations uh during the big holiday thing at the end where they're trying to get uh you know someone to back their dad's political uh run for i think it's mayor 
and they just get into this huge blowout fight where they're throwing paintings at each other and just all this this crazy shit's going on. And I thought that was a little bit over the top for me. I, I think that there's a way they could have done that without getting into this really crazy, like unbelievable fight at the end. Because even let's let's say you were so mad that you just felt like it all had to be let go. Are you really getting into a fight in front of all those people and hitting like getting into a wrestling match basically? Yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine doing that, especially but I mean, they've been under wraps their whole life with the dad being a political um, person. So I mean, I guess I can see once you go unleashed, you go unleashed. But I did really like Jane's character in that because she really was able to come out and they took her big painting that she made and first of all, we're making fun of it. And then they took it and hit it over someone else's head. So broken half in the middle, big holes through the middle. And she freaked out, which was the first time that we'd seen her. She got emotional. She got emotional and during, sad, basically. Yeah, during the show, that was the first time that we'd seen that. And she had said she'd spent like over a hundred hours on that painting. Yeah, and people were just making fun of it. I just can't I just can't imagine. It's a weird thing because they treat that character like she's like she's got a mental handicap. And I don't think at all that that's the case. Like I she doesn't strike me as though they're trying to say that she's uh, you know, slow or anything. Like she's not slow. Like they don't like they're not trying to say that she's slow. They're not. I personally don't think that they're even trying to say that she has a mental handicap. She's just eccentric. She's an eccentric character. She's a little quirky and she's very excitable. And I think that it's it all it becomes a little weird at some point that they're being so dismissive of her just because she's so excitable and just wanting to be a part of everything. But I think that's where they play into some of the humor of that character too. Is that they're they're trying to make her a joke, which I also think is a little bit weird. But I think that she doesn't fit into their family build. What they want their family to look like. Yeah, and that's that's why and they're that's, that's the why they're dis, that's why they're dismissive of her. Yeah. But and the movie like tries a little bit too hard to paint her as a joke to the audience, where we already know that they obviously the family obviously doesn't see value in her. And we can see that, but the fact that they just keep trying to push her as a joke, I think, is it goes a little bit overboard at times. Yeah. For my taste. And I guess um, for me, the ending was really powerful for me because the dad takes an awful lot of time to reflect mm-hmm. on and you don't what know. was happening. You don't realize he's reflecting. The mom just mentions like he needs hey, time. He needs time. Um, but I think that was uh, from. You know, us having children, we don't have adult children or anything, small kids. But I think that we're constantly reflecting and being hard on ourselves um, with what's happening with our kids. Um, Today, I said something and Blake repeated it. And it was probably something that she shouldn't have repeated. I mean, it was funny. But you just have... I'm still like, oh, I probably shouldn't say that again. Because it's not very respectful. And I don't want her to repeat it at school. But I think the parents didn't ever reflect on how any of this was affecting their kids. Mm-hmm. That, and that's, any of that's the very true. Over any of the years. Because there's a very there's a very powerful uh, conversation that happens with the mom because th- throughout this movie, the mom is seen she's being very bitchy 
Like the mom mm-hmm. is very condescending and judgmental and just dismissive of everybody in this movie. Uh, and then she has that moment after, I guess at this point we, we might as well just lift this, the spoiler veil of this movie. So we're going to get into some, some bigger spoilers on the movie uh, where the mom is talking to the dad uh, I'm, I'm, I know the actor's name is Victor Garber. I'm, I obviously I don't remember his name in the movie because I'm, I'm, I, I'm an awful at taking notes for stuff like this. But she has that conversation with him where she is having that realization of what their behavior has done to their children over the years, and she's telling him that our own daughter didn't feel comfortable coming to us to reveal a very important thing in her life and our other daughter has felt belittled and left out her entire life and our other daughter couldn't reveal to us that she was getting a divorce because of how we uh, how we how they are going to be perceived they couldn't tell that stuff to us yeah and the whole thing of it is in the end um i think it was also powerful that after the dad came to the realization that okay this is happening and we were doing this for many years. He, and I think it was Christmas morning or something. He takes a phone call and he says, no, my daughter's not going to stay in the closet. Well, the, so he that, gets, he gets that phone call from the backer that he had been wanting yeah. to get to on his side for a while and said, I think we can make this work if your daughter is willing to keep her sexuality under wraps and sign a non, I think it might've even been like a non-disclosure. I don't remember that for sure, but basically saying if your daughter can keep her secret, we can be in business. And he comes back saying it's not going to, he, he, ba- he yeah. doesn't say it on the, like in that scene, you, you're left to wonder if he yeah. like sold her out or whatever, but he comes back and says, it's not going to work. Basically saying that, yeah. you know, I told her to shove it up her ass, basically. But then what's also interesting, he's he must have had someone back him. Because in the credits, he, yeah. he, he, he ended up winning. And that's one of the things that I... There, I, I do have an issue where they kind of they kind of tie this up a little too neatly for me. Uh, because as uh, there's also a very powerful moment in the, in the movie after Harper comes out or when she's thinking about coming out. I think it's before because it's when Dan Levy's character is talking to Kristen Stewart's character... And he's talking about how everybody's story of coming out is different. And his, his uh, involved his father kicking him out and not talking to him for 13 years. And, you know, some people's story is different where everybody's very accepting and whatnot. And you have to understand that if you're in a relationship with somebody who is, uh, is gay, that they're going to have to have that conversation. And it's a frightening moment because you don't know how the people you love in your life are going to react. And, she is in a position where she's just not sure if she can handle it or what, but I forgot where I was going with that too. But having those, it almost ends up being like, I get it. Everybody's story is different. And Harper's story as terrifying as it was for her ended up being almost like a fairy tale in that everything worked out perfect because she came out, her family ended up being super supportive because her dad comes out and says he just wants his family to be, his daughters to be as happy as he's made him, which is a very sweet sentiment and everything. If he had ended up losing, I think that has a little bit more power to it because he literally at that point gave up everything that he thought he stood for in order to support his family. 
but him ended up, ending up winning, I get it. Like, it's all great for them, but I think it kind of undercuts the emotional aspect of all of, the, like, the emotional aspect that they built towards for that. But it's a movie. It is I mean, a movie. It's it is a, a movie. movie. So this isn't real life. I mean, in real life, yeah, I'd probably end it differently. I think this, but is, it's this, a is movie. What, this is what you're seeing of the things that go on in my mind for how I take in movies and then come up with an opinion on them and, and how I come out on them. So this is where you're going to see that we're very different in that. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think that's a bad thing by any means. I just think it undercut the emotional aspects for me personally. And for me, I'm just going to tell you if the movie's good or bad. So this is way a stretch for me to be analyzing movies. I gotcha. But you liked it. You did end up liking it. Yes. You liked it. So we both really, I I would definitely recommend this movie. Like I said, I came down being a little bit that some of the humor was a little bit out there for me and it takes a little bit to get going, but the last half of the movie I thought was actually really great because you get a lot of really powerful moments, a, a lot of really great scenes with the main characters. Uh, and ultimately, like, yeah, it's I, I would wholeheartedly recommend this. I would as well. Uh, I do have some other things I want to get into, but we do have we're going to I'm going to try to get through these as quickly as possible. Because okay. I know I've got six I've got beers. six beers that I'm going to do the, the same thing that I did before. I'm going to try to taste each one of these things. I'm going to set them up as. Uh, Jen has laid them out for me here. And looking at it, what are your first thoughts? <clears throat> My first thought as you were putting them in front of me before was that this is quite the color palette. And we have a six glass and I didn't have apparently another taster glass up here. So we got a, f a full glass. But it's... It's only half full, but it's a big glass. It's only half full. It's not even half. It's uh, a third full. So the first one, similar to last time, is very, very clear. I can, again, see my wife's upside-down face in it. This one smells like a Pilsner or Kolsch. Other than that, I don't really have... A, it's, it's just got that crackery thing to it. I don't really know how to describe a Pilsner and smell, just because it just, it just smells like a Pilsner. You just have to take my word for it. That is 100% either a Pilsner or a Helles or a Kolsch. It's one of the three. Okay. If it's not one of those three, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Um, I need to look at the can. My whole identity is going to be gone because I, I I don't know how else to describe what that tastes like. Well, I will tell you that it doesn't say any of those on the can. It's just kind of, it's very, it's refreshing. It's crackery. It, it, it tastes like everything I want from just a straightforward, like, Hellas. Because it kind of reminds me a little bit of Hellas Creek from Cross Drain. Honestly, I don't think it is that, but it reminds me of it. Uh, cause just because when I ask you to do a blind taste test, I don't assume that you're going to immediately go out and buy my favorite beers for me to taste. And Hellas Creek is one of my favorites. I'm going to draw a blank because I, I, I can't even pinpoint a taste that distinguishes a brewery for me. Because I don't know another brewery that makes a Pilsner or Hellas that rivals Hellas Creek for me. For me, I have no clue what this is. Oh, this is very surprising to me because it is a brewery that I have not bought for myself for at least three or four years. This is Stone Brewing Company's Buena Viva Salt and Lime Lager, which I don't get lime out of this at all. I do really like it. I just didn't get any lime out of it. 
And I was gonna see here what After I've, I've tapped. I have finished it now. I have finished it at this point, and I smell a little bit of lime lingering in there. Yeah, I was gonna scan it here and see what untapped calls it. Cause I like the can art a lot. Yeah, that's what stuck out to me. So it calls it a lager, an American light. So that is a, a pleasant surprise for me because I have not bought anything from Stone in a very, very long time. And I remember seeing that, and I had seen some people said that they thought they, of people that I follow on Untapped that said that they really liked it. I just couldn't bring myself to buy something from Stone when I've been so disappointed by so many of their beers lately. But color me shocked, I'm going to uh, have a whole bunch of beers that are actually pretty good that I, I'm going to have to finish once this is all said and done because I've drank what about four ounces of each of them so i've still got about six ounces of all of them to go yes. or more because some of them are 16 ounce cans uh let's move on to number two it smells a little a little out there i do not know how to describe how this smells i think it's uh i think it's an it's a fairly straightforward ipa by the smell yeah, without giving not, without giving I mean, it away what do you get out of the smell I, you know what I it is. So it's hard. I, I don't get IPA. You know what it is, so you. It is. It is a, a type of IPA, but I don't get the hops. Like I. Don't I mean, I don't get it. a lot. I can just. I. I can just tell that it's. It, it's got a hoppy body to it. That is definitely an IPA. It's a little green. Uh, it's got a little bit of a, a vegetal greenness to it so it, to me says that maybe it might be fresh ish well according to untapped you've never had this i have never had this and i i don't know that i've ever heard of this brewery and i'm not saying that you've checked into anything from this brewery ever that's interesting oh one. Oh boy that that doesn't that doesn't even come close Wait, to narrowing two. it down Okay, so is it going to come down to this is probably one of my favorite breweries, and you're just going to get all the, the all the all the beers I've checked into are at the bottom of the list. No. See, now I'm smelling it, and it has less of that IPA thing. Now I'm getting more of the lager from the first beer. This is embarrassing because now I'm feeling like I can't figure this one out too. And I know with the first five, I was what two for two for five that I got two right. Two or on three, yeah. I get two of them. I got right on the money. But they were based off of me trying to read your reaction and stuff like that. But You at least got the styles correct. I got the style for the first one yeah. correct. I don't think I got the style for the last... Uh, for so And then I hit the two dead on and then the last two I didn't get the style or anything off of. This is embarrassing. I, I'm, I gotta throw in the white flag on this one too. I just finished it though. It's not bad. And now, and now I'm just shocked because... <clears throat> Yes, I did get the the that it's an IPA, right? But if you were to if you told like now that you're saying tell me that that's a milkshake IPA, there's no goddamn way that's a milkshake IPA. That's why I feel like that would have stuck out to you. There's that is the least milkshakey tasting uh, milkshake IPA I've ever had in my entire life. So as much as I don't hate this beer, uh, so Burr Oak. Uh, you should be ashamed of yourself for trying to pass this off as a milkshake IPA because one, either you didn't use enough of anything that would consider this a milkshake IPA 
uh, or two, you just don't understand the classification because this is their Hoppendaz Mango Milkshake IPA. I didn't get any mango out of that, but also I've never actually, I, like, I've I had mango once in my entire life and I couldn't tell you what the hell it tastes like. Do you know, do you, have you, you probably had mango more than me. Yeah, I've had mango. Does it, did it smell like mango to you? No, no, not at you all. You didn't really smell, you didn't really smell much of anything out of it either. No. You didn't get IPA I didn't even get IPA. I didn't smell uh, the hop. Like, I don't, I don't hate this by any means. Like, it's not, I would drink this, but knowing what it was, if I open this, this is the benefit of tasting something blind where it could be like, oh, it doesn't taste bad. I don't mind this, but for the style. But, but now that I know, now that I know what it is, it's 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 kind of like, oh, you guys duped the shit out of me, because because if I would have known this before, I'd been like, this is a piss poor example of whatever style you're going for. Yeah. But I will drink this because obviously I did not hate it. It's just that mental thing of knowing what it is after the fact that I'm kind of like. You know, I would have been, I would have had my expectations up for one thing, gotten something completely different, and been and been super disappointed. Uh, so let's go on to number three. This one smells old again. This one's this one's got a little bit of an age smell to it. Okay, I don't feel like it should be old. It may not be. It just kind of has that odor to it. It doesn't taste super old, but it does taste like it's been sitting past its past its prime again this just tastes like a fairly straightforward ipa i'm just trying to pinpoint i'm, I'm trying to think of a hint that's not going to give it away i'm just going to stick with the is it local no this is not a nebraska local no was this in the mix and match no so do i have more of these sitting around somewhere not more of those more of the brewery it reminds me of the taste that I get from some of the breweries that we've been getting around here that are considered kind of the nomadic breweries. So like your McKellar's that kind of brew at different places, uh, Clown Shoes being one of them. Okay. Uh, McKellar, Clown Shoes, Omnipolo. Omnipolo, like, I get a very specific thing out of their beers. They're all very super-duper sweet, uh, very out-there IPAs, usually. McKellar tends to be kind of the same thing. So I'm I'm going to assume that this could potentially be a Clown Shoes beer. I just don't know which one. Okay. It is Clown Shoes. And this may give it away for later because you already had two Clown Shoes beers. Bubble Farm IPA from Clown Shoes. And I don't think you've ever had this. I don't think that I've had that one. And it, again, not a bad beer. It just... You're not going to pick it out. It wouldn't be something that I would normally buy for myself, which is also one of the things that I like about something like this because it gets me to broaden my horizons. So there's nothing bad. There's nothing wrong with yeah. something that isn't normally something I would pick out because that's how you miss stuff that you might really like. But... Uh, <clears throat> Bubble Farm IPA. What? I don't even think there there's isn't really even a. Um, I don't believe there's like a flavor or anything in it. It's just an IPA. Yeah, it's uh, it's not bad, but like I said, it just kind of has that. I don't know how to describe how I feel about some of those um, 
like the beers from McKellar and stuff. I had never really been much of a McKellar fan. I've had a lot of hit and miss things from Omni Polo. Clown Shoes was always kind of a kind of a mystery to me because all of their beers look and sound like something that I will like, but most of the ones that I've had from them don't really live up to their names. And it's not that they're bad. It's just I, being who I am, always expect like the best beer I've ever drank out of everything I drink, and that's just a that, that just might be a flawed mindset from the beginning for me, where I maybe just need to lower my expectations for beer before I try them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you <laughs> you do tend to gravitate I buy, towards I buy the same breweries. I do, and I I buy stuff based off of how strange it sounds sometimes. But I also thinking that I'm going to be surprised. But I also know what you do and don't like. So this was something that I I did pick up a twelve pack of clown shoes. And you shouldn't feel bad about it. Like twelve days of Christmas, so there's twelve different flavors, which is fine. I'm I don't have a problem with trying all those different beers because I I'm it actually makes me kind of excited to do so because. I I don't buy stuff because I have a or a, a predisposition predisposition I can't even speak anymore a predisposition to think that I'm not going to like them so therefore I don't buy it which maybe it might be the exact opposite where I might like it and it might surprise me so the I like I don't want you to feel bad that you bought that thinking that I was going to like them and now I'm kind of lukewarm on the first two No, I'm not because I didn't buy them I bought it for the pecan pie porter. I specifically also, told you to pick out stuff that you thought would be interesting to see if I could guess. And that's exactly what you did. And so I'm not at all disappointed by that. Well, and for me, I know that Clown Juice is not in your top 10 brewery list. Like, it's not something you're going to pick up on your own. I like the name. So for me, I was just buying a lot of impulse buys because... I'm going to... Here's, here's <laughs> what's going to happen. Shop here's what's going to happen. The next episode is going to be on it, chapter two, and I'm going to drink the rest of the Clown Shoes beers uh, because I, I don't know... Anybody listening to this has heard me on any other podcast knows that It Chapter Two is a movie that I've been shitting on for the past like year, calling it one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I actually don't really even hate it that much. So... <laughs> okay. That's, that's Go the, on to number That's the complicated four. person that I am. I will tell you that I hate something even if I don't. I'm moving on to number four. When you put this in front of me, we were off. Uh, I had sh- I had shut off recording, so I had said that is 100% a New England IPA. Just you putting that. It's either a New England IPA and without smelling it, or it's a heavily fruited Berliner Weiss. I'm going with New England IPA or Milkshake IPA. Uh, and if this is a milkshake IPA, hop, uh, Burr Oak can take a few, uh, hints because this fits more of that bill than their milkshake IPA did. I really like the color of that because, and this might be a little hint too while I'm at it. It looks like juice. You're making a weird face. I don't know how to describe what that tastes like. I... I'm sitting here. I'm pretty sure that it's a New England IPA or a milkshake IPA. It's one of the two. It tastes like it's got vanilla in it. What other flavors? There's there's do you a get? lot of there's a lot of clashing fruit in this. Okay. And I can't pinpoint which ones they are. 
it has a little bit of a strawberry banana thing going to it. Okay. But there, it's it's not screaming strawberry banana at me. It's it's screaming that there's something else in there that's making those flavors not stick out as much. Okay. You're smiling as though I'm close. I'm I'm on the right track. I'm actually shocked because I think this beer did a really nice job if you're pulling out those flavors. There is, so, there's so much fruit in this that I, I there's so much fruit that I, it, it's, it's almost like a, a trash can, uh, like, it's, or not trash can, it's like kitchen sink, like smoothie style IPA basically, where it's just like, let's grab every single fruit that we have and just throw it into an IPA. So, do you like it? It's not bad. I don't. I. I actually really like it. It's got, again, it's got that that quality to it that makes me think it's Omnipolo, and it is apparently not. It's. Uh, it's another brewery which also falls into that. I. I don't think these guys have their actual have. I think these guys uh, contract brew with another place too. But, it's a strawberry orange banana beer, and you said you got strawberry and banana, and there was another fruit in there. It's uh, it's decadent ales, which they if if nobody knows who decadent decadent ales and their their ilk, they uh, they specialize in basically dessert style beers where they just brew really crazy, and it's usually mostly IPAs. They've done some other ones, but it's mostly IPAs that they just do crazy stuff with. They have like French toast IPAs and. Uh, all stuff that sounds way up my alley, but the fact that they do them in IPAs is always kind of like, like a French toast IPA. I don't know how that would work, but I'm always very curious. This is actually this actually does do a very good job. It it, it kind of has a smoothie quality to it. Did you smell it? I. I you you can I don't I, do you want do you want to take a tiny little taste of it? No, I I don't. <laughs> Especially if it tastes like an IPA. I don't... It doesn't scream IPA when I smell it. It smells a little funky. And my burps taste very weird right now. It's not bad. I've, I've only had a handful of things from Decadent. This one would probably uh, eek towards the top of the stuff that I have. Just because some of the other beers that I've had from them, they haven't been quite what they build them as. But as I was saying, it kind of has that... That taste of it's a brewery that doesn't. There's something off about some of these breweries that don't have their own facility and they like brew them wherever they can, or they brew and can them wherever that wherever they happen to be, and that's always one of the things that sticks out to me is it just it tastes like a place, a brewery that is constantly changing, and you can't find any consistency out of them, and that's one of the issues that I've had with a lot of breweries like this. But I do. I don't not like it. I do like it. Good to hear. You do good. You do good work, Jen. Uh, I just so, tried to pick out things that I know that you probably wouldn't buy for yourself. You know me. I would. I. I've seen that. That I've seen that at the store, and I've always considered buying it. It's that. Do I want to pay? Because I see it was five dollars for the can. Yeah. Do I want to pay five dollars for the can? Uh, the answer a... the answer to that is usually no, but if you send your wife to... Luke is notorious for interrupting me and talking louder when I'm trying to talk. Again, go on, go yes, it's $5 for the can, but that's like half of a six-pack, so you probably would rather just buy a six or a four-pack. 
Yeah. That's, Although you buy expensive beers. That's 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 typically when I go to the store. It depends on my mood sometimes. But when I go to the store, if I if I'm like, I can pay five dollars for one can, or I can pay an extra three dollars for a six pack and get more of a beer that I know I'm gonna like, as opposed to rolling the dice with something I don't know if I'm gonna like or not. Uh, but I guess, and as I was saying, that's the benefit of sending your wife to the store with only a directive of just pick out some weird shit that you think that I'm <laughs> that I might like to try to guess what it is, and then she spends one hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> Way to throw me under the bus. <laughs> uh, not all, not all on booze, but I, I think uh, a, a good chunk of this was probably the booze. <laughs> a good chunk was booze. Uh, we're move. So, what number are we on here? Five. Number five. Oh boy. I uh, that is not what I was expecting. Looking at that beer, I don't even really know how to how to describe what that is. Except it smells like a style that I don't like. I don't think you like this style. It smells like. Uh, I don't think you like this. Style. It smells like an Abbey, uh, and beer geeks will likely hate me for this but uh, abby trapels things like that they they repel me i i do not like abbeys i do not do not like trapels which are typically your uh your holy grail of beers because a lot of the the european beers fit those styles and i know they're all very highly rated and for whatever reason i just can't get into them you're probably not gonna like this it tastes definitely like one of those styles <clears throat> it is either an abbey or trapel it's actually not, I don't think. It's, uh, it's uh, Or it's something along those lines. Quadrupel? Uh, a quad. Quadruple. Is that how you pronounce it? Sure, why not? So, I didn't say that I didn't like it. I just said it's definitely one of those styles. Yes, yeah. Well, and- uh, I would not have got quad out of it. There's, so, quads are a little, they're a little bit different. Like, those sometimes have a little bit something extra to them that tends to be a little bit more and I, I didn't even get a chance to really guess the brewery on this but we're back to clown shoes again and then what's the name of this one one man holiday so and here's the thing about all of those <clears throat> like quads trapels uh abbeys uh, t- for me they're fine in small taste like small small quantities i can i can handle them in small quantities it's when they start to get warm, they start to go weird on me a little bit, and my stomach starts to like. Is it warm? Take them in a little bit, a, a little bit weird. It's not warm right now. Okay, good, because it's been sitting for a little bit. And I'm gonna shock you because, well, one, it's a quad, so it's uh, like I said, quads are a little bit different. I don't mind quads. Uh, what's the ABV on this one? Just because I'm curious now. Eight percent. So eight, it it definitely doesn't taste eight percent to me. Like it tastes a little bit boozy. It is. I would have not guessed eight percent. I would probably guess like six and a half or something like that. Uh, at eight uh, percent, again, like this is probably better in a small. Like I would probably split this with somebody and probably be okay. I'm gonna have to finish this and uh, we'll uh, see how the night goes for me. Because I'm pretty sure that the that thirteen uh, percent triple IPA that I had at the beginning of this is still sitting in there that I have to finish. <laughs> We can dump this one. I uh, do. You, do you know who I am? <laughs> I do. Can I, dump do it. I do I dump beer? I I, I, I never can dump, dump beer. It. I'm gonna do one Snapchat where I just dump all these beers into one glass. And I'm gonna chug it. 
Because that's, that's what I do on Snapchat. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Follow me on Snapchat and you can watch me chug uh, beers I should not be chugging. Because I'm pretty sure... It happens often. When we when we first got into all this uh, this quarantine business, I'm pretty sure I I pulled a 13% like cinnamon roll stout out of, out of my... Uh, my uh cellar cellar and i chugged that on snapchat oh for fun how drunk were you i think that one beer got me through the night except i had like four like five or six other beers on top of it as far as uh, we talked about this before that the bubble farm ipa is uh, as far as clown shoes goes it was was that the one that I said near the top of clown shoe beers that i have had or was it you said this the decadent okay well this of clown shoes beers, clown shoes beers that I've had, it's actually not bad. Okay. I I don't I I actually kind of like this one. Okay. It smell it smells like a style that I don't really like the Abbeys. It had a little bit of a tripel thing to it. I know that it's quad. I again bear gun to my head, I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between any of them. Uh, but I actually don't mind this one. So next time I'm gonna pick up a uh. Trapel or a <laughs> Abby, and we're gonna see if he can guess that that's what it is. Uh, we're gonna move on to six. 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 Oh boy, we're getting to that point where my my taste oh. bud my taste buds are going south on me pretty soon. So I'm gonna have to finish this. So as so I'm gonna get start getting into some of our notes while <clears throat> while I try to figure this one out. I brought this up before, but so Kristen Stewart, I I probably have a lot more thoughts about her acting career since Twilight than you do. But since Twilight, do you, can you can you name anything that you've seen her in since Twilight? Only this off the top of your head. Only, Only this. this. I don't know. I'd have to look her up on IMDb, but I just I don't recall anything. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna get into a whole bunch of things that she's been in since Twilight because most of them, like I said, they're not really probably gonna be things that you have seen. But I uh, I I just more I don't even want to get into like the actual movies that she's been in. I just want to say I just brought that up to say that between her, so her both her and Robert Pattinson, the way that you could have seen either one of their careers going after Twilight could have been pandering to an audience of preteens that wanted to see more twilight movies neither one of them really did either one of those things because and it's one of the most fascinating things because both of them went on to do things that challenged them because i, I think twilight kind of broke them in a way in that that those movies got so much hate and praise at the same time from very different audiences because their praise was all preteens that love that shit and hate from cinephiles and critics that want something more artistic and blah, blah. Both of them, maybe Kristen Stewart a little bit less. I'd again, I'd have to go into her, uh, her IMDb too, to kind of look at some of the things directly after it. But Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart both did projects that, were outside of what you might have expected somebody that did a uh, you a young adult series would probably do. Specifically Robert Pattinson, who has just kind of gone off the rails doing crazy roles that kind of challenged him artistically. 
and I know, like you said, you don't remember anything that she's been in. <clears throat> I think Kristen Stewart probably has been in more things that probably went under the radar than Robert Pattinson did because Kristen Stewart was kind of, she came out of Twilight a little bit, a little bit more like she was the blank slate of that whole thing. Whereas Robert Pattinson was the boy, like wonder, uh, like the, the boy, like the, the hunk of the day or whatever, him and Taylor Lautner, Taylor Lautner's career, who knows what happened with that. But, uh, Robert Pattinson was in things like Tenet recently and, uh, the devil all the time also recently, but like a, just a lot of things that he just has stood out as being just a really great actor in. Whereas Kristen Stewart, uh, I think she's like, she's been in stuff. She just kind of flew under the radar. She's been like low key good in a lot of things. And I most recently saw her in a movie called underwater, which you obviously would not have seen because it's a underwater monster movie. And I thought, I thought she was actually really great in that too. Mackenzie Davis. Do you recognize her from anything? No. Am I supposed to? Should I? You have seen her in something. You just probably don't remember her. Also off mic, I asked you about a movie that was Zac Efron in it that she was in. Oh, is she in that? She, uh, so that awkward moment, she is in. She's not a main character. She is one of the girls who dates one of the guy, one of the trio of guys. So I, I, I vaguely remember her being in it now that you she say is, that she is the girl who ends she plays a piano at a bar and she dates miles miles teller's character uh-huh yeah i don't remember her name i just i remember the name of the movie and i i that's about as far as i went as i i was curious because i of all the things that you probably could have seen her and that's the only thing i could have think i could have thought of that you might right might have recognized her from and i know you don't know uh <clears throat> you probably don't know the director who is clea duvall She's done a whole bunch of things uh, as an actress, and I'm sure she'd rather that she would rather be known for. But I recognize her being who I am as Stokely from The Faculty, which is a movie you absolutely have never seen because it's an alien movie with Josh Hartnett. But she did have a small part in Can't Hardly Wait. Do you remember her from Can't Hardly Wait? You don't because you don't know you. If I would show you a know picture, who she is. If I would have shown you a picture, you probably still wouldn't have been able to figure it out because it comes full circle with the podcast because we talked about can't hardly wait but she is one of the girls who turns down seth green's character kenny okay uh he comes up and asks her if she wants to dance and she says she's allergic to dancing okay i vaguely remember that i think that your listeners are figuring out that we are opposite each other (laughs) but that's opposites attract right we talked about that during the palm springs episode uh she but she co-wrote this and she wrote this uh, a lot of, again a lot of my facts come from IMDb and I don't fact check IMDb just because I don't have the time uh, but she co- she wrote this as an autobiography basically so that she could see her own experiences play out on screen oh I don't interesting know. Uh, so on that same wavelength can you guess any other actors in this that uh, who are said to also be gay or part of the LGBT community I... without, without looking at my screen I can't read that. Um, I'm going to guess that the friend, the gay friend, that he's probably gay in real life. Uh, Dan Levy. There's more than one, so can you guess any others? There is actually... Well, is that correct? Yes, Dan Levy is openly gay. Okay. Uh, um, he's also the son of Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. I, 
I think it's Levy. I the, don't know. The dad from American Pie. Okay. And Schitt's Creek. Oh, that's interesting. I had no clue. Um, I'm also going to guess that Harper's boyfriend from high school. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't have that character. I don't. I don't even have that that actor's name in front of me right now, so I don't know that for a fact. But Kristen Stewart, Aubrey Plaza, who is the friend that uh, oh. Kristen Stewart's character hooks like doesn't hook up with. Yeah, but, but hangs out hangs with. out with at the yeah. bar. Who is uh, Harper's old flame, basically from yes. high school. Uh, Dan Levy, and this is this is the one that I thought you were gonna that you would say that you would be surprised by, but the dad, Victor Harper's oh. character. Oh, interesting. And I don't know if do you recognize him from something? Uh, a very big property who was not he was not the big name for, but he was in it. It was directed by James Cameron. Yeah, I don't know directors. It was Titanic. He was the captain of Titanic. Oh, I wait, would have so had no he, so, clue. Uh, wait, uh, I take that back. I don't think he was. A, so I, uh, I'm, my Titanic knowledge is gone. But he was in Titanic. I know he was in Titanic. I don't think he was the captain, but he was in Titanic. Okay, I have no idea. It's been a long time since I've watched Titanic. Again, this is all via IMDb, and I did not verify these. So don't don't at me if any of those are come out to not be right. Add him, please. Call uh, him out. I just, uh, but other than that, like I, I, I really love Dan Levy in this, uh, who is the friend of yeah, uh, Kristen Stewart's character, who also created and stars in Schitt's Creek, which neither one of us is, has. We I think we tried to get into it once, and we just weren't sure what it was doing, and we just kind of didn't continue watching it. But after, like, I I got such a kick out of him that I'm interested in trying to probably pick that back up and. I have nothing but time on my hands to do so, but we know. I, I just kind of got that. I, I that's just a note that I kind of wanted to throw in there. But I think one of the only so I I've I've taken a few drinks out of this and I don't know. We're on beer six. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take a few more moments to kind of to to figure that out. But I we kind of talked about this during when we were talking about what we thought of it. But as I said, like obviously neither one of us can relate to the romantic conflict at the center of this, but do you, how do you feel about a rom-com with a same-sex couple? Like, do you think that it's harder for you to get into and relate, or do you still find them effective? I, I think it was very effective. I would watch it again. I would watch another movie similar to that as well. I think that there's not enough movies like that. Uh, I think I would definitely agree with that because I, I personally, I found the conflict of it all very, in, uh, a very interesting aspect and I brought it up, but I, I thought the, the comedy was a little bland and predictable. Uh, but I, I find the, the gay aspect of it really engrossing just cause I think because I can't relate to the, the coming out and what that's like for a character, it's, it, I, it, I think it's because I've never gone through that, that I find exploring that through cinema very powerful in a way because i'm always because i watch so many movies i'm looking for stuff that is different that i can kind of put myself in those shoes and try to to figure out what that's like and stuff like this kind of helps me do that uh it, it not 
fully, but it kind of reminds me of a movie that I saw recently that ended up in one of my top tens a couple years ago called Love Simon, which uh, followed a like a teenage character in high school who uh, was coming. He had figured out that he was gay, but he had never come out and he was hiding it in high school. And like, it's all about him trying to come to terms with himself and uh, while also finding love like early, like in an early age, I, I thought that movie, like the way that they deal with everything in that movie I is one of the best portrayals of that I've seen. But again, like, like you said, there's not enough of this that to, I don't have a big enough sample size to really like get into like, if there's better representations of this on screen, but stuff like this is just the next level of thing that I've experienced that has things like aspects of what it's like to come out in different types of families and stuff that, uh, I just find really fascinating personally. So, well, and I was looking back. I vaguely remember before we even watched this long time, like probably a month ago, someone on my Facebook um, made a comment about this movie in particular. Is what I assume it was this movie. So I did kind of go back and read it, but she was basically saying that there's two types of movies that involve a gay couple. And one of those types is basically someone coming out during the movie. So she was saying that she would like to see more variety in these types of movies. And I think that's awesome. I think that there should be more variety. Just more representation of the LGBT community. Like it shouldn't all just be like what we're all used to of just rom-coms of just boy meets girl. Like all the yeah. meat cutes and blah blah blah. Like I I I agree hundred percent because I wholeheartedly agree that one all the people in the LGBT community like they're great people and they are just people and yep. they should be able to see representations of themselves on screen and be able to relate to characters that you know, relate to the characters that speak more to them and we as you know people who don't identify that way should be able to see that and empathize and find beauty in those moments as well as just as, as anything that we watch on screen. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. And absolutely. And I mean, I think with anything, like I don't watch a horror movie. I don't watch horror movies. (laughs) And if that's not your type of thing, you don't have to watch it for sure. But you know, I mean, I still think that it needs to be made for the people who want to watch them. I I do agree. Like it's 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 a delicate balance too, where it shouldn't only be that because we should be able, like everybody should be able to f- be free to make the art that they want to make, and what you want to watch is what you want to watch, and nobody's gonna force those opinions on you by any means. Because <clears throat> as you said, you don't watch horror movies. I watched a horror movie that was completely told from the 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 gay or queer perspective which was called freaky uh which was written by uh, <clears throat> a gay writer and directed by a gay director and it was fantastic it was it, it was one of the best horror movies i've seen this year it's probably going to make my top 10 and it has a very open and honest like gay perspective that i think is important about identity and stuff like that that i think is important for even people who wouldn't normally watch that sort of thing to experience because it will broaden your horizons and let you like open your eyes to things that you wouldn't think that you would normally be into. 
Absolutely. Without without it being, it's not even trying to like like. I think what a lot of people feel like is they're going to be, they're trying to be converted or something. That's what the fear a lot of people think that they have in liking something that has a gay perspective, and that's not at all what it's supposed to be. It's just more opening your heart to, to ideas that people just like you have. They just don't, they don't identify the same as you. Yeah, it's just looking at different perspectives. I agree. Uh, so the only, so the, the only other note I had on this and I, so before I get into that, you know what, let's, let's go into my last note and then we'll get into what, what beer I think this is. Cause I don't, I, I don't know what it is, but the only, the last note I had on this was the fact that this was wrapped in February of 2020, right before we all got shut down for 2020, right, right down before we got shut down for COVID. So wow. this, this wrapped up production. Wow. For me. Watching movies and shows right now is so awkward because I feel like in, I mean, in my day-to-day life, when I interact with people besides my family, we're wearing masks. And so it's weird for me to think about a movie being produced in this time and them not wearing masks, but it is nice that they wrapped up in February. I don't know that we've seen probably a lot of stuff that's been made post-COVID or during COVID, uh, like, big budget-wise or anything like that, <clears throat> except for your Grey's Anatomy that we watched because they incorporated COVID into their storyline. Yeah, they're incorporating COVID into it, and they're wearing masks. Uh, I mean, I've seen a horror movie that was shot during COVID and w- was released on, uh, you know, Shudder and is one of the best horror movies I've seen this year, and but it doesn't necessarily, like, completely say that it had anything to do like they don't mention COVID or anything during the movie as far as I remember but it's a it's a kind of a fascinating as much as it sucks to live in this world that we're living in it's it's kind of fascinating to 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 watch the gymnastics that filmmakers and stuff are having to to adjust to to try and make the art that they want to make without making it obvious of the world that they live in. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's line of work has to adjust right now. Because I, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I don't want to see a explosion of movies that are all COVID related. Like, I don't want to see here's, here's love and COVID. Here's this, this story in COVID. Here's this story. I, like I, that's the last thing I want to see. I, I want to see <laughs> no. movies that are still being made because it's the story that they want to tell, not because it's trendy. It's, it's telling you like the world that they currently live in. Like I, yeah. I'm, I have no issue with seeing movies that do deal with COVID, like post COVID worlds and during COVID worlds. I don't have an issue with seeing those. I just don't want to see every single thing that people are making being related to COVID. I, I agree. I agree. I, as far as as far as I know, that's that's all I really had about this movie. Unless you have something else you really want to get off your chest. No, no. Uh, if not, I I think that's gonna do it for this episode of Cinepub. Um, but you need to talk about your last oh, beer. Oh no, I I <laughs> I finished it. I have no idea what it is. I'm pretty sure it's a stout. Did you like it? I mean, it wasn't bad. Is it another clown shoes one? Sure is. It's a Mexican style. Funnily enough, funnily enough, this is one of my favorite clown shoes beers. Did I did it show I checked into this one? I don't remember because I picked up the twelve pack and I didn't oh. like scan every beer from that. The other, the mix and match and like the other beers I scanned. 
clown shoes, it was last minute. I was at the register, they had a 12 pack, and I said, I'll take that too. And the guy was like, really? You're gonna take that? As well as a six pack of mix and match, plus two other beers, plus the toppling Goliath I bought. Plus all the groceries you had on top of it. <laughs> Funnily enough, this is actually, so when clown shoes first starting show, started showing up, this uh, was actually pretty high on my list of stuff that I had from them. And I do like it. I think it's just that my uh, my palate has given up for the night. Yeah, uh, so I don't know how you're going to finish all these when we get off of here. I'm, but I'm going to figure it out. He is going to find a way. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, over, the, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to try and focus on binging anything uh, that I haven't seen for my end of year lists. Uh, so you can look forward to that as we wrap up the end of the year. As always, if you have any feedback for the show, please feel free to send an email to cinepubpod at gmail.com and follow the show on ins- Twitter or Instagram at cinepubpod. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with anybody? No, just thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs> yes, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you will join me for another round soon. Cheers. Good night. Good night, no cheers. Cheers. <laughs>